This is the Real Estate Guru 254 podcast and we are just coming up on episode number 9. My name again is David Batia. Today's conversation is an extension of last week's episode where we looked at the problem that a prospective client was having with her attempts to sell an apartment she bought. In overview, we considered Gladys' situation, carefully assessing the information she had provided and concluded that she was struggling to sell because she was attempting to sell in a buyer's market and she needed to understand the dynamics therein. We went on to define a buyer's market and to describe the conditions that subsist in that market when the market is in a down cycle. While Gladys fundamentally believed the problem to be her pricing decisions, by delving into other market fundamentals that are play in a buyer's market, uh, we began to understand that she needed to take into consideration other factors in order to improve the outcome she was seeking. We considered how location is a primary factor and one of the most key elements in the process of selling property, addressing as well other market dynamics that may be at play working for or against her as she seeks to dispose of the property. I think in addition we considered an exercise in attempting to discover who her prospective buyers could be by posing several questions that would help us to identify them and therefore to find where we may uh, look for them. Ideally, the questions we are posing are an attempt at whittling down our prospects to just the ones who are more likely to fall within the demographic range of potential buyers rather than attempting to converse the entire market. Thereafter, uh, we looked at a couple of market principles, specifically the principle of willing buyer, willing seller, and we also considered the principle of fair market value. I think I'm pretty sure (laughs) That's a fairly good synopsis of episode number 8. But before we dig into it, I have another name for my gratitude list. Piaka Mushai. Piaka is a construction expert. Uh, He's also the Secretary General of the Kenya Federation of Master Builders. He is also a trainer and mentor with the Young Ventures Accelerator Program in Affordable Housing, an initiative that seeks to develop the entrepreneurial skills of business owners in the housing construction sector. He is the one who put me in touch with the guest we shall be featuring on this podcast in episode 18. Fiaka, Asante Sana, this is a special mention to you. I really appreciate your support. So, let's dig into the final part, which really then just covers the actual advice I would have offered Gladys to help her sell faster. We have seen that in a buyer's market, price is a big factor, but clearly it's not the only one. And we have noted that because the perception of value is important to prospective buyers, we can employ a strategy of what is in economics called price segmentation, which is offering different prices to different prospects so that you know price is not what we place in front, in the front and center of our engagement with prospects. Instead, we focus on offering value depending on the prospect that we are addressing. So, what would a potential buyer of your apartment, in this case Gladys, what would a prospective buyer of Gladys's apartment uh, be looking for? Well, usually they're looking for one of two things. Um, they may be seeking a primary residence, in other words, a place where they will live with their family, perhaps, or a channel by which they can build an income, so a rental property. Plus, uh, remember in a buyer's market, they will have several competing options because the market is flooded with sellers. So, what are the things you want to do? 
firstly, we want to position our offer strategically. So here there's a couple of things that uh, she could do. And I would say that this is also true for anybody who finds themselves in the same situation. If you find yourself attempting to sell in a, in a buyer's market, one of the things you could do is you can increase your marketing channels beyond just using property agents you had hired to include people in your networks and associations. So we all have social connections, perhaps that beyond, that extend beyond family to include people within our circles, you know, in our places of work, places of worship, uh, places where we have financial interactions, like, you know, our bankers, our lawyers, um, the cooperative societies we belong to, the financial associations we are a part of, I think we call these chamas, and many other places. I think by extending yourself into these places, uh, you're spreading a keener awareness of your presence in the market and improving the likelihood that you will convert a prospect into an actual sale. So maybe another thing that you could do, it's not a very popular approach in Kenya, but you can attempt your own strategy at what we call for sale by owner, FSBO. You would incur some cost, yes, to put together a digital marketing kit, perhaps with some high resolution images, quality photography, uh, perhaps some, you know, short animated videos describing the property and more. Of course, you may have to endure also the hassle of learning how to use property marketing tools and channels alongside social media. But, you know, what do you have to lose, right? In my thinking, you know, yes, putting together a professional marketing kit may cost some money. You may also have to endure the hassle of being the one who receives your prospects. But think of it this way. <laughs> you would have to pay a commission in the end if you actually land the sale yourself, right? So just think about it. Um, you could even decide to pay yourself the sale commission and then take your family on that long uh, deserved holiday. After all, you know, life is for the living, you know? So those are some of the first things that you could do. Secondly, I think one of the things that gets overlooked is stating any existing value that distinguishes your offer. So here we're going to look at primarily two two areas of focus. The first area of focus is your neighborhood. And then the second area of focus may be the specific development within which that apartment is being offered. So if you are a seller in a market flooded with offers from other sellers, then you need to do everything you can to attract uh, prospects. This is, you know, the natural rule of competition. Obviously, the greatest attraction is the neighborhood in which your offer subsists. You remember we said people don't buy uh, the homes, they buy the neighborhood. So the greatest attraction is the neighborhood in which your offer subsists. And you may not have a lot of control over how that looks. You have no control over the roads, you have no control over um, whether they are malls or not. You have no control over a lot of these things. You have no control even of how prospects may assign value to the possibility of residing in that neighborhood, right? So, now that you have built a picture of who your prospects are, the prospects you wish to target, you could consider the highlights of your neighborhood that would be strong points of attraction to your target prospects. You know, and the features that they would willingly consider as offering premium value uh, for them to live in that uh, neighborhood. For example, if you're selling in a gated community, uh, the points of attraction 
the selling points really may include good security within the neighborhood, good access control, good access control to the particular development that you may be selling in, availability of reliable utilities and amenities, uh, good accessibility to uh, schools, uh, good road networks, proximity to social amenities like hospitals, shopping areas, places of worship, uh, and even good access uh, to public uh, transport. Any other outstanding features that demonstrate a good quality of life that potential buyers may resonate with. So for example, if your property is within a development that has amenities that are of potentially high value to your prospective clients or features that create a high perception of value to them. For example, backup power supply, like standby generators, features like a good, like a gym or swimming pool, uh, good drainage, you'd be surprised. Good drainage in an area that is prone to flooding, eco-friendly uh, features like wastewater and sewerage management systems, solar lighting and water heating, play areas for children, adequate parking facilities and other utility spaces. Then as a seller within such a development, if your development has those features, you should call these features to the attention of your prospects in order to adequately communicate the value that they would be receiving if they considered your offer. You want to accentuate those features whenever you interact with a prospective buyer, including in the marketing kit you may develop if you choose to go the way of doing for sale uh, by owner. So thirdly, what else could you do? You could actually add value to your individual proposition that distinguishes it from other existing uh, propositions. So if you recall, in Gladys's situation, she was attempting to sell her apartment at 7 million shillings, but there were subsisting offers, one for 5.3 million, or rather, let's say, within the range of 5.3 million and 6 million shillings. So at that point that Gladys initially goes to the market, she's attempting to sell at 7, but there are people who are selling at a price that is at least 1.7 million shillings less than what uh, Gladys was seeking. So here's what we need to understand. Obviously, uh, the value propositions we have considered here in, in, in our second point, you know, the ones that we have considered communicating to our prospects are what we call at the macro level. In other words, they have to do with the neighborhood and then the specific development that the apartment is situated in. But as an individual seller, you may not have much control there. But what can you do to attract prospects to your specific offer? Um, now here we're not talking about the neighborhood or the development within which it is situated, but here we're looking at the specific unit that you as a seller has to offer. For example, in the case of Gladys. So as standard, one of the most basic things you could do is to always ensure that the apartment is only ever shown to a prospective buyer when it is clean and well-maintained, uh, ensuring that all fittings are in place or repaired. I have to tell you guys this is a complete put-off to show a prospect a unit uh, that has construction debris in it and it is amazing just how often that actually happens. For sure, when you're showing a dirty unit <laughs> to a woman, you're almost guaranteed that she will be predisposed to rejecting that offer. It's a serious detail, I know, but you know for sure, it causes rejection more times than you care to imagine. I have to tell you that. 
in Gladys' scenario, you know, she's an owner-occupier. And this is an advantage in that she can organize to do what we call staging. Uh, she can organize to stage the apartment to accentuate to prospective buyers a sense of living in it when it is fully furnished. So that's an advantage that she has. I mean, coupled with professional photos and videography, she can create instant appeal even before a prospect uh, visits the property. Are there more elaborate things she can do to add value to her proposition? Anyone, for that matter, not just Gladys. Well, it strictly depends on whether she has a budget for it or not. But if we are going to stretch ourselves into trying to give value or offer greater value, then these are things. These are some of the things she could do. She can, she can spruce up the apartment by giving it a fresh paint job or putting in a good quality paint finishes. She could simply even do a highlight wall within her living room, for example, with a textured paint finish um, to just lighten up the living space, right? She can update the lighting and plumbing fixtures to something that is more modern. Um, off the top of my head, she can update the look and feel of the apartment through some simple aesthetic changes, say by, for example, um, changing the flooring. If the, floor, if the apartment currently has, say, uh, ceramic tiles, she could put in laminate uh, flooring or even if she had a budget for it to put in something like bamboo finishes uh, or high quality wood finishes. She can add uh, tasteful finishes to the cabinetry and ceiling, say like um, adding a gypsum ceiling or putting in what are called snake lights. These are fancy new things that are there in the market today and she can do that and much more. For the more elaborate value additions, especially if you have the capital, you know, she could throw in features that are not standard. So, for example, she could install, say, water filtration systems if the apartment is within a development that is only served by a borehole, right? You could install solar water heating, you know, you could install, you know, some modern electrical gadgets that can be sold along with the unit like a, you know, a nice cooker or washing machine or maybe even dishwasher you know depending really on who your target customer or buyer is by adding good value to your offer you will distinguish your offer and you can definitely attract a premium from a discerning buyer you will also end up avoiding the whole conversation around price because you have clearly distinguished your offer from whatever else is in the market find the points that would attract your prospect and play them up as much as you can for example if you came across a prospect who is keen on a first floor apartment and may be willing to pay a premium for being on that floor and you're aware of the price that they have been offered by someone else selling an offer or selling a property or a unit on the third floor for example then you can price your offer at a slightly higher price where the prospect would likely haggle with you but uh, would also likely be indifferent to uh, offering that higher price Positioning your offer for maximum effect is, is a good strategy uh, to beat the argument around price and value. If the cost of spending, say, just as an example, say an additional 300000 could potentially attract an offer of between 800000 more or a million shillings more on your asking price, and if you're not constrained to spend that additional 300000 to improve the outcome of a sale, then you should definitely do that. Yeah. So my last piece of advice is more anecdotal than anything else. And it goes thus. If you choose to go to the market, don't pussyfoot about it. 
going, you know, going hard or go home. Going like you intend to do what you're there to do, like you actually mean business, yeah? Naturally, because you're the owner of the property, it is all within your rights to place conditionalities uh, on the market that you expect it to fulfill. But it is important to remember that, you know, in a down cycle, it is the shiniest objects uh, that get attention. And if they are perceived to offer the best value, even better. Because they are also perceived to be the best bargains given the value that they are offering. So, for example, if a similar unit in the same development, and this is the case of Gladys. So if a similar unit in the same development is being marketed at a price of 5.3 million, one would be curious as to why there is another which is being marketed at 7 million. Wouldn't you be curious? Yes, you would. Um, so that isn't to say that this scenario would be abnormal. If I encountered it in the market, my response would be to think, hmm, I wonder why there's one being offered at 7 million if it's the same, same uh, unit, right? So I'm not going to say that uh, this is an abnormal scenario, but if the market is highly price sensitive, as it usually is in, in a buyer's market, Prospective buyers would certainly want to know why is that unit priced at 1.7 million more than the cheapest one available of exact comparison, right? Uh, so there may even be they may even be curious enough, you know, to investigate. But should they discover that there is no discernible uh, additional value, whatever they perceive that to be, then they would only think that the seller and all their agents are either being dishonest or are completely uninformed about the market. So be purposeful about your decision, or really just get out and stay out until the conditions are more favorable to achieving your goals. Understand uh, what to expect and adjust your expectations accordingly. I am not an advocate for selling your property uh, at a throwaway price. In fact, I'm not an advocate for selling your property at, for that matter at all. Uh, but if the agenda really is to sell, then a seller ought to carefully consider their options and then to make a decision that they can ultimately live with based on the prevailing conditions, right? Maybe before I conclude, I'd like I'd like to share with you guys a, a good piece of news that I received from a lady called Kendi. This is very relevant to the last piece of advice that we gave about being intentional and purposeful when we go to the market. Um, she and I spoke just about three weeks prior to this recording about the possibility of, you know, me offering her uh, agency services for selling her property. And she was very determined that, you know, despite the market conditions, she was going to push for a price of 7.8 million on a property that was valued at 8 million. I had indicated to her my thoughts, you know, that I thought particularly that she was being, you know, a bit optimistic, given that I saw similar units in the same development where she was selling, being offered at 6.8 million, right? So I'd indicated to her that I thought she was being rather optimistic, but, you know, we had a arrived at a consensus to market at the price that she was seeking. Um, so Kendi, you know, recently managed to get an offer of 7.4 million on her property. Again, like I said, highest price point I had seen in the market for a comparable unit she was selling an apartment was 6.8 million. So Kendi's target sale price was higher, but by all accounts, you know, she did get an offer of 7.4 million. And in my view, that's a big win. I share this to demonstrate that the market 
is anything but predictable in any way that can be determined 100%. Um, this is on a on a side note. Kendi is a is an ardent Christian, and she was you know following her belief in the possibility of what she was attempting to do. So you know possibly the last piece of advice I would urge anyone to follow is when pricing in these market conditions. Sometimes it's best to just follow your your deepest convictions, your beliefs, and only moderate your expectations when there's an actual prospective buyer standing right in front of you. Yeah. In conclusion, I offer you a quote. Uh, life is a journey. Travel it well. Life is about the journey, not about the destination. Enjoy the ride. It's never that serious. Thank you so much for listening in. I appreciate each and every one of you. Good people, that concludes this episode of the podcast. We hope you learned something new. Send us any questions, comments, and feedback you may have, including any topics of interest you may want to have featured here. Of course, you know, we'd be glad if you share this podcast with your friends, rate it and leave us a review wherever you come across it, and subscribe to get notified of upcoming episodes. This goes a long way to support our work. Connect with us on our social media handles included in the description of this podcast. Do you have a story in the real estate space in Kenya that can inspire, inform, and educate to feature as a guest? Please fill out our podcast guest form and tell us a little bit about yourself and the topics you would like to discuss. We would love to hear from you. So you just send us an email, you know, send us a WhatsApp message and we shall pick up the conversation with you. Lastly, you can support this production financially by contacting our marketing team to advertise on the podcast or through your generous giving by using the links in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for your love and support. We totally, we totally appreciate it. And catch you on the next episode. Bye.